Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. You got it. That's the big 5-0. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics, real-life stories, and inspiring guests, join us on our journey of growth and laughter. Hey, I'm Lori, former Army Airborne Captain, but don't let that fool you. I'm the loose cannon. And I'm Lisa, a girl's girl who loves sugar, but watch out for that spice. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome back to She's a 10 times 5. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to Studio 50. Hey, Lori. Hey, Lise. How are we? I'm doing great. It's so fun to be in studio. I just look forward to my days in here. I love it. And I love when we have amazing guests. Yes. 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 And so we have a guest that is joining us all the way from Vermont. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and she is a, she's a powerhouse. You know, actually a sledgehammer. I love it. We're just not even going to sugarcoat what this woman has done and what she's about. But before we do that, let's talk about what we're up to. We have something that is amazing. And to give the listeners a backdrop, I am a X Division One athlete. Mm-hmm. And I have a future Division One athlete. Ding, ding. And it came to our attention that this special thing called Title Nine. It was the 50th anniversary this year. Yes, we are approaching it in June. And it's a, there's a lot of roll-up going on. You've probably seen it in media and all forms of media that it's it's coming. And it's a big celebration. It is a big celebration. And so we decided to use our platform. She's a 10 times 5, which is ding, ding, 50, mm-hmm. to support and celebrate the 50th anniversary. And we are launching and have launched when this goes out, right? a social media challenge of awareness for Title IX called Don't Drop the Ball on Title IX. Yes, it is. And if you haven't seen it on social media, think back to the water bucket challenge for ALS and you might have received a challenge to dump water bucket over your head. Well, and then you throw that challenge back out. That's exactly what we're doing. We're just doing a fun Receive a ball of your choice and throw it back out there to a friend and challenge them to support Title IX. Yeah. And the bigger thing, too, is to also lean into Title IX, because I think a lot of people, unfortunately, aren't well educated on what it exactly is and the importance it has to young girls that are out there that that really need the support to get to where they're going in their lives. Absolutely. So so I'm going to introduce our sledgehammer. Today in studio from Vermont, we have Deborah Slaner Larkin. And I'm going to do a little one of these. Yes. Did you hear that, Deborah? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi. (laughs) And thank you so much for your time. You've been one of the torchbearers for women and Title IX for a very, very long time. So let me just give a little bit of your bio because it speaks. I mean, it's kind of like an Atlas Shrug. Novel. I mean, it's it's thick. I believe it. A lot of accomplishments, a lot of road of success with this woman. So, um, Deborah is currently a consultant in a nonprofit management advocacy and research and education. Her focus is promoting civil rights, equity in women's sports and leadership, education for underserved youth, and eliminating sexual abuse. She has thirty five. Yes, I said that. Yes, three five. 
plus years of executive experience with corporate, nonprofit, and government entities. And oh, by the way, she was the former CEO of the Women's Sports Foundation. Welcome, welcome, Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Thank you. Hi. Good thing I started when I was so young, right? That's right. Yeah, an <laughs> infant, right? <laughs> well, welcome to our show today, Deborah. And I think one of the biggest things that I have found in talking with women from our generation is that they don't really understand what Title IX is. They think it's just something that they know it, it, it relates to women, maybe, and they know it relates to education, maybe, in sports, but they don't really get it. And they just they just heard the phrase Title IX. So we would right. love for you to just really spell it out very easily for us what it is and how it benefits all of our all women, and especially our up-and-coming generation. Yeah, it, it really benefits everybody yes, uh, today. Exactly. So it's th- there are 37 words that describe what Title IX is. And what it really says is that every educational institution that receives federal funding, and almost every public uh, institution does, has to provide equity in education. Those, there are 37 words that really describe it. This started in 1972. The bill was signed June 23rd, as you're right. That's coming up on the 50th. And it really was so that girl, at that time, girls weren't really allowed to take advanced math and science courses. Oh um, we definitely didn't play sports. Boys, we did home mech when the boys did shop. And the boys weren't allowed to do home ec if they wanted to. You were it was very segregated. Uh, girls did square dancing when boys would be playing soccer and football on the field. Hmm. Sports was almost it wasn't an afterthought by the powers that be, but we kind of kept it very quiet because we wanted to sports to be included as an a part of education, which which it is, and. At the time, the guy said, "Okay, because girls really don't want to play sports. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't want to sweat. They don't want to do this. But sports has become one of the leading factors around Title IX, probably because it's so easily quantifiable. Went from having no sports to now three million plus girls playing sports. And by the way, this has not taken away from boys sports and men's sports. They've always had more boys playing and still." Just as women's sports has grown, so has men's sports. So we're really not taking away. Um, Made a lot of progress. In the beginning, it was about participation to get the number of girls in. And now today, I mean, you've talked about your children. My my daughter ran uh, in college. And so they've had lots of opportunities. But there are a lot of girls in this country who have been left out. Those are girls of color. Those are girls who are in economically impoverished communities because there aren't a lot of sports that are offered at all. So while we have made a lot of progress, many girls are participating. You can look at the Olympics and you can see that the number of girls are who are on the teams, especially in the U.S., are about equal, not in leadership. Uh, we still are not leaders in not only the Olympics, but in college and in high school. When Title IX was first enacted, 90% of all coaches of women's sports were women. Now that number is under 50%. 
Wow. So in that area, we've lost a lot of ground. That's surprising. Well, a little bit understandable because as women joined the NCAA and as programs combined, they would have one athletic director and that athletic director was almost always a man. And who do we hire, right? We hire people we know. So if you've been in men's sports, you know a lot of people who are in men's sports. Secondly, because of Title IX, there were many more resources devoted to women's sports. So the men would say, okay, I want to be the coach. I want to be in there because I can make a good enough salary to support my family, right? And because Title IX was enacted, got more resources and got more play and women were trained and good athletes, they weren't so embarrassed to be mm. associated with women's sports. So it's it's a lot of why more men are, are involved. Right. Well, a couple things to underscore what you said is, one, I think what's really important with women's sports is it is, it's almost a, it's such a visceral thing. When you see the the ladies at the World Cup or you see Serena Williams on a tennis court and the the women hustling at the the final four with the basket, I mean, it's something it's an experience that we can relate to. And I think what people don't understand, and it's such an incredible statistic, 94 percent of C-suite is women that were former athletes. And I think that that's just an incredible thing. And so I think that's why, you know, the sports element of this is is so very important because it's such a visual thing that we can see and experience with them. And the important part of that is that you can be what you can see. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we really need to have um, more media coverage, more written coverage uh, about women's sports, because then the, the women that you talked about who we see are just phenomenal and uh, phenomenal athletes. And lots of guys love to watch women's sports because we're talking about athleticism and strategy and, and just being badasses to, to yeah. use your, your, your terminology. But we need much more media coverage so that can happen. And the reason why the 94% of women are in the C-suites now is because we have three generations who have benefited from Title IX. Can I just no, ask no. you what that means? I'm sorry. I don't know what C-suites is. What is that? What, do you, what does that mean when you say that, Lori? In or- corporate America, the uh, the small group of people who are CEOs, COOs. Okay. The, really the, like, yeah, C-level, you know, I executive okay. level people. Okay. Yeah. Now I understand what you were saying. I thought yeah. you were saying sweets. Well, they call it sweets or, or okay. C-level. Okay. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. I'm with yeah. you now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was really a research that was done by a, a great group of people at Ernst & Young, EY okay. right now, who were dedicated to talk about the women leaders and and bring more athletes into business leadership positions. You know, it was it was terrific when and a little funny to me when I was the CEO of the Women's Sports Foundation, I would get people coming to me, mostly men who would, from big corporations and would say, "Deborah, do you know that women athletes make really good employees?" <sighs> I mean, they're coachable, they're articulate, they're disciplined, 
They're, you know, all of their have goals. Um, they've traveled. They know how to fit in in all kinds of circles. And I would bite my tongue and say, yeah, you know. Yes, I, mean, I do. <laughs> we, we've, we've known it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And what that says is that we are making that kind of progress and that it is noticeable. So I would always tell and tell women and our kids, put your sports experience on your resume. Make sure that people know that you are an athlete and that you are a leader or, or if you were um, a captain, because that really shows that you have leadership ability. And by the way, that other percentage of 94% of, of the women were athletes, almost all of them were captains or managers of teams. So they had a lot of leadership experience. Amen to that. Amen. You know, I just want to highlight something you said in in the visibility. And I think that social media has been wonderful. We have a lot of visibility of professional athletes for our kids to to look up to. But social media has really opened the avenue for college players to be looked up to because I know my daughter follows tons of soccer players at the collegiate level who she aspires to play like or looks to for motivation. And I just think that social media has opened such a big door for all athletes and not just the top of the top. And I think that that's where this whole conversation makes it so much easier to communicate Title IX. So yeah, you're I think you're absolutely right. And it's kind of always been that way that the mm-hmm. kids in school didn't need to see the highest level of athlete. Right. They needed to see the next level of athlete. And that person meant as much. I think the other thing today is with many more athletes who always have been uh, very interested in social impact mm-hmm. are being very verbal and really feel, and what we're learning from focus groups, that the students today think fairness is very important. They may not know what Title IX is, but they know about discrimination and they know about fairness. And they want things to be fair. They also know that some people need a little boost, a little head start, and they want them to have it. The one other thing I wanted to say about Title IX, because here we are all, all athletes and and talking about it. I did say that Title IX is more than just about athletics. And but but we've been talking a lot about athletics. And in the last three or four years, it's been a lot of conversation about uh, sexual assault, sexual violence on campus and a lot of attention to that. It also has involved parenting and pregnancy, housing, Um, leadership areas in coaching and all aspects. It it was very interesting back in the 60s. I think it was Linda Bird Johnson, who President Mm -hmm. then President Johnson's daughter was in nursing school and she got pregnant and she had to leave school because you weren't allowed to be in school if you were pregnant, Mm -hmm. whether it was in school or a professional school. And that kind of got the ball rolling to say, wait, you know, that's not fair. And I think a lot of people today might think, well, Title IX has done its job and things are fair, but that's really not so. And another reason why we have to educate people about Title IX, it is a school's job to allocate dollars fairly. Right. But I think we know that that doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. And let's say the football team 
of these big schools, they get enormous, they have enormous budgets and they'll say they bring in a lot of money. Well, they really do bring in a lot. Yeah, of they money, do. But they usually spend more mm-hmm. than they bring in. But if those dollars were allocated to other sports, then things would be more fair. And Title IX gets blamed sometimes for some of the other sports not getting scholarships or not getting bigger budgets. But it's not because of Title IX. It's because the schools have chosen to put more of their resources into other sports or or other things. And that's that's a problem. I'm going to give you a great example of that. And this happened just about this time last year. It was during the NCAA basketball championships. And uh, University of Oregon basketball player, Sedona Prince. I love this story. Thank you for doing this. Yes, yes. She's just terrific. And Sedona Prince took her phone and took a picture of the women's weight room at the NCAA championships. Mm -hmm. And it was a room probably the size of many people's kitchens. Mm -hmm. And then she took a video of the weight room for the men. And it was in a ballroom at the major hotel. And she says, look at this. What do you think about this? And it talk about visceral. Mm -hmm. It was right there in front. There was no mistaking that somebody made a choice. Mm-hmm. for the men to have X and the women to have Y. And as a result, it went viral. Oh, yeah, and it did. Why? Because it was, uh, you know, so unique and, and, and honest. And it caused not just ripples, but tidal waves, so much so that the NCAA hired Kaplan, a, a law firm, to write a very extensive report about the inequities of what was going on in the tournament. And that's really important. The weight room, that's one example. It's part of what we call a laundry list of things Mm -hmm. that could be uh, unfair. But it also brought up something that's really important that's going on now, and that is up for discussion. And that's the inequity of the TV rights and the contracts that the men get versus the women get. And the women's contract is up in 2024, but it's not too soon to start negotiating that. Just very top line of this, when a team plays in the national championship, the men, they get money for not only their school, but for their conference. And then it is up to the conference to decide which school, you know, who gets the money and how, but it is up to the school to decide how they spend that money. And there's, there are, it's kind of complicated how they decide. And it's not year by year. It's a six year running average. And we don't have to get into the weeds about that. But how much money do you think that the women get for playing? Probably not. zero. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. yeah. Yeah. Longwood School, which is great. And I encourage everybody to look this up. It's a great story. Longwood is a a small 5,000 person private school in Virginia. And for the first year, both the women and the men uh, made the tournament, which was just phenomenal. The women's team had gone from being like two and 15 to 15 and three or something. And and they made uh, the championship. The governor congratulated the men's team, but 
didn't congratulate the women. I guess it wasn't on his radar, but he heard about that from social media. So that's pretty good. The men at Longwood, you know, lost in the first game, but fabulous that they got in. The women won two games, but that the guys get the benefit of that money and how it's distributed through the, it's not just their school because they're part of that six-year average, their whole conference benefits. And how does that benefit? That means they can get coaches with more experience. They can get equipment that is equal. So we've got to make sure, and that's the next fight, to make sure that the contracts, that the women really get what we deserved. Absolutely. I think that's so great that you pointed out that story by Sedona Prince, because the the people who maybe that have kids in sports in college might know this, but the people who don't really don't. That's like pulling the curtain back and showing this goes on all the time at, at most kids in high school. I mean, in high school, too. Yeah. Right. And it's well, it, why would people know? Right. You know, that's my here, point. here yeah. you have. People in authority mm-hmm. who are creating the programs and you think what, what they're doing is following procedures and following right. the policy right. and following the law. And that's why our there are a group of us who are part of a Title IX coalition who are creating a, a national campaign called Demand Nine. And the purpose is to inform, inspire, and empower students with the knowledge and their parents and everybody who cares about fairness of what Title IX can do for you and let you know and give you the tools so you can fight for them on your campus. Uh, and we're doing this by something similar to you. And we're going to be working together. Yes, we yes, are. Because that's the point is to work with all the organizations that are doing things around the Title IX anniversary to join together. Because what you're doing is so much fun and so powerful and very important. But if all of the organizations get together under this one umbrella and sign this pledge that we're putting together... With one million signatures, those national advocacy organizations can go on Capitol Hill, can go to policymakers and say, we have one million people who think that Title IX is really important and they are demanding nine. They are demanding their rights and that the kids on the campuses can go to their presidents, their athletic directors, their boards of trustee and say, we know our rights and we know you want fairness. So let's work together and get this fairness. Yes. And thank you so much for Getting everyone underneath one umbrella and putting all the wood behind one arrow, I think, is is really going to be powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I want to mention one thing. You know, you touched on it. Sports and college sports and now even high school. You have high school kids that are monetizing what they're doing. Right. It is a big business. And I have two boys. And before we hit record, I told you about I had a dialogue with my older son who's he's at a private school, so it's not necessarily Title IX affected, so to speak. But we had a discussion about the misnomers of what this is all about. And we are all about women supporting women. But I think one of the things Lisa and I really want to do, especially with this challenge, is get men to support women and to understand it better and how important it is for that young girl 
that is in maybe a social and economic place where the only way forward is through Title IX and getting the education and getting the experience to go play at the next level. So um, I just really applaud all of what you're doing. Or that they use their sports to get that education, to have that career and go into their lives and and be successful. So it's a platform upon a platform for the rest of their lives, not just specifically for sports, too. You bet. Dads have always been champions. Yeah. Because dads of daughters understand. Dads understand because of their own experience what Mm -hmm. sports has given to them. They definitely want it for their sons, and now they want it for their daughters. Now that we have Title IX and there is a lot of access, we have had uh, some of our bigger supporters have have been dads who recognize that they want their daughter to have the same edge up that their sons have because of all of the great benefits, not only physical, but psychological, but educational benefits. We know athletes. Um, get better grades in school, have higher aspirations to go to college, to finish college, be in leadership positions. So it's um, sports, a good sport experience is um, terrific. Yeah. I mean, that was my way into college. And anyone who knows me knows, I don't know if I would have gone to West Point had I had the ability to get scholarshiped through track and field. You know, West Point was free. I mean, God, thank God I went there. It was the best thing that could ever have happened in my life. It, you know, it was part of God's plan, so to speak. But I think had I had the resources back then, I, I, I don't know if that's the path I would have taken. You know, sports gave me the ability to go somewhere to get a great education and not financially burden myself or my family. Right. I think the other thing that we teach people is that sports or other ways that you can get scholarships and and get into college is important. But that education is the yes. most important because your sport career it may not last forever or won't last forever and it may not last long, but you need the skills and the understanding of how to manage your funds, how to manage um, your education so that you can succeed on and off the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, if there's one thing you want to leave with the listeners before we have a little fun with you, because I know you're getting on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Is poor, poor me, I have to go to Miami to the tournament to be oh. in board meetings. <laughs> All right. Oh Another advantage of being in sports. Right? Yeah. yeah. Are you yeah. going to go to any of the games? Yeah. It's, awesome. it's um, honored to be on the International Tennis Hall of Fame board. Yes. And uh, we meet at some of the tournaments, Excellent. which which makes sense. So very glad to get that in for them. Yes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> what is the one thing you want everyone to walk away with this interview and just feel in their hearts? Well, Title IX is 50, and that means that there have been three generations, just about, of people who have been fighting for it. When I started, the fight was about participation. Then it was for my daughter, and soon it's going to be for my grandchildren. And we hope that all your listeners understand that each generation, it's their responsibility to keep fighting for fairness and and equity. We can point out what the law is, what does fairness look like, but it's up to each generation, each person to be able to make that fight their own, but make it your own and, and get involved. 
I don't love sit it. on the sidelines. Athletes don't sit on the bench. They don't sit on the sidelines. Hang in there. Yeah, I love it. That's going to get another one of these. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that was, was awesome. a, and that one was was a standing ovation. Yes. Yes, yes. Thank standing you. O. Yes, standing, standing o. o. Thumbs up, baby. Okay, so we always like to end the episodes with a little bit of fun. And uh, I thought this would be a kind of a, a kitschy way to do a lightning round. It's sports terms. All right. So I'm, you know, you, you, you're knee deep in all the sports, Deborah. So let's really put you to task and see how much you know. You ready? Ready. Okay. I'm going to say a term and you're going to tell me what sport and what it is. Oy. Okay. <laughs> all right. Frozen rope. Nope. Nope. Okay. I know this one what, just because. What, what is it? It's so it's baseball. It could and be softball. softball. Yeah. It's when you I hit mean, a line drive, like, and it's just straight out to the outfield. There's no trajectory. It's just, it's, yeah. Straight Great. line. Thank you. Okay. W- must have been after my time. Yes. Yeah. Dime. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Dime, it's a basketball assist. And it got coined, like, Okay. Yeah, there you that go. Was very <laughs> Double entendre right there. It got coined with Steve Nash. They would refer to his assist as dimes. But my kids use it when Aaron Rodgers throws a perfect pass to, you know, his receiver. There you the, go. Your, he dropped a dime. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this, see, and, and in my generation, dropping a dime, which means telling the police that someone's broken the law. Yeah. Ah, there us you too. Go. Like, don't drop well, a dime on me. When we, that's they when make a we call, would have. Right? Phone booth. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And it caused to die. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that's great. Yes. Okay, this one is really hard. Nutmeg. <laughs> nutmeg. I'm sorry? Nutmeg. I know that one. Do you? Yes. Good. You Then it's on you. What well, is it, Lise? In soccer, it means you kick the ball right through someone's legs. Like they have their legs open, like in a triangle. Yep. Goes right through their legs. Spoken great. like a, a <laughs> soccer mama. Yeah, it's a good move. Okay, final one. And this is ubiquitous to all sports. And you need to know this. And I want you to use it this weekend. And just like, you know, let it use all of these. Yes. Lettuce or flow. Lettuce or flow. Hmm. I'm just going to cut to the chase. It's the hair. When they've got the, you know, especially with guys, they've got the flow going on. They've got their (laughs) lettuce. It's the cool thing. Love it. And what, like in all sports, all sports. Okay. My, my kids talk about it all the time. Like I got to get my flow going. Yeah. Uh, okay. All, all right. right. So I want you to say when you're, boy, you, you're really working the lettuce and the flow today. I, you know, when I'm down there and <laughs> I the see class. those guys in Tootsie yeah. Pass and all, all of them playing. Oh no. I, I should have said the American players at, at Fritz. When he's playing, I'll say he's got the flow. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> All right. Okay. So where, if people yes. call to action, where can people go to find out more about all of this and then the coalition? Right. Well, we are going to be live um, starting April 4th. Uh, and we are, that's when our website will go live and it'll be demand nine. Okay. Uh, and that's org. one X, right? Yes. One X. Roman yes, numeral the nine. Numeral, exactly. Roman numeral nine. But we will be giving you all the information. And I know you're going to be blessing yes. it out to yes. um, all your group. And- Intergalactically. 
<laughs> we love it. Yes. And that'll be great. And hopefully, you know, the stories that we'll be telling. And by the way, we're going to encourage your listeners to send us stories, their own Title IX stories and fairness stories. And we'll awesome. be putting it on the site. Again, it's to bring everybody in so we're one voice, not to take away from what's already being done, but to bring people together. So it's demand9.org. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Deborah. I mean, this has just been great. and So great. And I know you kind of, you know, did a a somersault for us so that we can align this with the challenge that we're launching and will have launched. So we thank you because I think we want to walk away with everyone understanding what all of this is and how important it is. Great. And you can always contact us and with any questions. So. Can I drunk text you like in the middle of the night and say, you know what, this is really bothering me. You bet. But, but I might look at your flow. Oh Uh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Okay. We're going to end on a little song for you. This is for you. We've done this in the past. um, And I think you'll appreciate this. Sing along if you feel like it. Or just listen to our, the cat screeches. So you're going to love this. And this is for, this is for all of us women. All right. That is the iconic one, right? Yes. That's right. All right, that's for you. You'll be singing that all the way to Miami. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Deborah, so much. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, everybody. Have a great trip. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram at she's a 10 times five. Click on the link in our bio to listen. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe.